Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is going on everyone? My name is Andy. Welcome back to another FPL video. In this one, it's my team selection for game week 24. So I'm going to show you how the team is shaping up, how I'm going to use my two free transfers and what my plans are for double game week 25. And I'll quickly show you how I did in game week 23 as well. So if you enjoyed the video, make sure to give it a like, hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already and let's jump into it. All right, let's start with game week 23 and it had to happen eventually. 68 points was not enough for a green arrow. So I did get a red arrow this week. That's my first one in the last eight game weeks. It's only my third one since game week eight. So I've been on a decent run. It has come to an end. Hopefully, this is not the start of a bunch of red arrows. It's just a blip, but we'll have to wait and see what happens in game week 24. So I got 68 points and I went from 30K to 43K. So I was 45K two weeks ago. I went up to 30K last week. Now I'm 43K. It's really not the end of the world. I think the reason it feels a little bit worse than it usually would be is not because I had an awful squad, it's because I made the wrong decisions in terms of captaincy and most importantly, my bench as well. So I've got Phil Foden sat first bench, no luck in terms of someone missing out. So I've missed out on 20 points, which is massive. The only thing I would say as to why I'm not like super frustrated with it, and don't get me wrong, I'm not sat here happy that I got a red arrow that I've benched Foden, but ultimately outside of Solanke, all of my attackers returned. I was never going to bench Solanke for Nottingham Forest at home for a 90-minute um, man who's on penalties as well. The only player that I was really considering come deadline stream was Saka. And Saka got nine points against Liverpool. So I don't think I can beat myself up too much. All my attackers returned. Got a little bit unlucky with Gordon. Um, he only got four points. He came off at half time in a game where there was loads of goals. So he could have got another attack and return if he'd stayed on the pitch and not got injured. It is what it is. Sometimes these things happen. All you can do is keep making good decisions and hope that things go your way moving forward. In terms of the captaincy, I actually had it on Watkins for the team selection video last week, but I did say that if I bought Harlan in, I'd probably switch it to him. Ultimately, I just wasn't sure who to go with out of the rest of my attackers. In the end, I put the vice captain on Palmer, and even he got more points than Harlan. But again, it is what it is. Alvarez to Harlan netted me a few extra points anyway, and it wasn't a massive red arrow or anything like that. I literally am back where I was a couple of weeks ago. So overall, my attack was decent, apart from my benching decision for Foden and captain in Haaland. Like Richarlison, 15 points. He's on a great run right now. Palmer chipped in again. Saka obviously got the goal, like I said. And Watkins, 18 point was absolutely incredible. But once again, the defense let me down. Poro, one point. Gabriel, minus one. I still feel like that probably should have been an assist and it would have been given a couple of seasons ago. But obviously, FPL are doing it a little bit differently now. So fair enough. 
Uh, Trent one point and Dubravka one point as well. So yeah, small red arrow. Let's see if we can make better benching decisions in game week 24. So going into game week 24, I've got two free transfers still, and that's been the case for the last few game weeks, but that will stop soon, either in game week 24 or game week 25. I'm going to have to use both of those free transfers, and I've got 1.7 million in the bank because Haaland's back in the squad now, so there's a bit less money um, to go around. Now, obviously, we have a double game week in 25 to think about. Brentford, Man City, Luton, and Liverpool are all doubling. As it stands, I've got one Liverpool player, which is Trent, and two Man City players, which is Foden and Haaland. And I need to add more to that. My decisions this week are really who to get rid of and in what order to bring the double game week players in. So on paper, my defense, I actually think looks okay this week, despite the fact it hasn't got me huge returns over the last couple of game weeks. Um, Trent's got Burnley at home, and I think it's pretty encouraging that he's starting to build up his minutes. I would be surprised if he doesn't get past 60 minutes this time. I'd also be surprised if he doesn't start. I know a lot's being made about how good Bradley has played, and he has. But I think it's being underestimated a little bit just how good Trent is. Somehow, we've forgotten how good he is and how important he is to that Liverpool team. So if he's fit, he definitely starts and hopefully he gets closer to like 70 minutes this week. Uh, in guard, I've gone for Dubravka, Forrest away instead of Ariola against Arsenal at home. I've still got no major plans to make a goalkeeper change. Um, but if I had extra money, I'd think about someone like Alisson maybe as my third Liverpool player. Also, Kaminsky for Luton. He's not completely out of the question because he's got Sheffield United at home this week, a double in 25. I can just bench him in 26 and play my other goalkeeper when Luton blank. Uh, in 27, I think it's Villa at home. And there's a potential double in 28 against Bournemouth and Palace away from home. But I just don't think it's worth making that switch this week without knowing that that double in 28 is definitely happening. So goalkeepers are going to stay as it is. I'm benching Ariola, even though he's the home goalkeeper. Arsenal is a much tougher fixture uh, than Forest, although I'm a bit worried about the Newcastle defence right now, but not enough to spend a goalkeeper transfer on that position. It's just not worth it. Um, with Gabriel, we will find out tonight whether Arsenal are playing in game week 29 or whether um, that game is potentially going to be off. It's worth saying that even if Chelsea win tonight and Villa versus West Ham is definitely on in 29, the Chelsea versus Arsenal game could still be on in 29, but we won't know until before game week 27 because Chelsea will have to go and play uh, Leeds or Plymouth Argyle. So obviously Chelsea could beat Villa and then lose to the probable winners of the other tie, which would be Leeds. And then Arsenal versus Chelsea would still be on, but it would just be nice to know tonight one way or another. Now, if that game is off in 29, it doesn't mean I sell all my Arsenal players straight away but they do potentially become a little more sellable. But I just think the defense is so good, as I keep banging on about, in terms of expected goals conceded. And the fixtures coming up aren't that bad either. And Arsenal aren't terrible away from home. It's West Ham away this week, Burnley away in 25, Newcastle at home in 26, Sheffield United away in 27, and Brentford at home in 28. So those five fixtures to come before the Chelsea game in 29, I'm more than happy to play one, if not both of my... Arsenal defenders in most, uh, most of those games if I needed to so I think for now whatever happens in the FA Cup game tonight Gabriel and Saliba probably both stay with Pedro Porro I am considering getting rid of him right I've got 1.7 million in the bank I could go to Van Dyke. that would give me another Liverpool player I think he's guaranteed to play all three of the next three games I could go to a, a Man City defender as well someone like Kyle Walker I don't think that Porro is terrible but it's Brighton at home and Wolves at home next to. I don't see a clean sheet necessarily in either of those games for Spurs. And so then you're relying on the attacking returns, which could come. 
But if they don't, I don't really see... I just don't see the clean sheets there for Spurs. And they blank in 26, so I'm thinking about that as well. I know that Spurs have a definite game in 29, which is worth thinking about. I don't know if it's... Like, it's still quite far away, and there's points to get in the meantime. And having another double game week player in there would probably be better short-term. And I can almost go and get Poro back into my team later on. I'm, I'm not... As you're going to see throughout this video, I'm not quite sure in which order to make these moves. Because although I can afford Van Dijk or Walker, it might stop me getting Jota down the line. And I think if Salah's in any way a doubt for game week 25, even for one of those games... Jota's minutes are probably going to be pretty good, and I do want to be able to get him if I can. The other defender that I've considered, outside of Walker and Van Dijk, is just to go to Vardio. Now, as I keep saying about most Man City, and even Liverpool players, to be honest, that we're looking at for the double, there's no guarantee he will start every match over the next three to four, but he might get enough where it's just worth the punt for 4.8 million, and that would leave my options open to still get Jota and Darwin Nunez later on. So for Man City, it's Everton at home. It's three, basically three home games, the 24 and 25. Everton at home, Chelsea at home, Brentford at home. Will Vardiel start two of them? Probably, right? He might start all three. And then obviously Man City have got a game in 26 as well. So that's one less player to have to worry about selling. Like the more Liverpool players I stack up on, the more concerns I have for 26. So as it stands, I think the most likely thing is I keep my defence this week and I make that defender decision in game week 25 because all it would take is an injury to a Man City player in that back line and all of a sudden someone else might become a little bit more nailed in the short term. I just don't know if I want to make the decision this week. And also Everton at home is not necessarily super easy. Like, am I guaranteeing a Man City clean sheet from that fixture? Probably not. And obviously Poro is much more attacking than any of the Man City defenders. So I think if... My thought was to go to a Man City defender. I just keep Poirot. But obviously, Liverpool have Burnley at home, and there is a good chance of a clean sheet. But I just don't see me buying Van Dijk. I'm not interested in Gomez or Canate. Kanata is obviously suspended or anyone like that instead. It's, it's Trent and Van Dijk, and that is the only players I'm considering from Liverpool in defence. So I think I'm going to keep my defence as it is this week. But next week, I want to bring in um, a different defender. The other thing to say when I'm rambling about my defence is, depending on the moves I make in my attack, which I'll discuss in a minute, there is potential that I could just upgrade Charlie Taylor to Vardio and just keep Poro because Taylor's unlikely to be back for 24, 25, maybe even not 26 as well. In which case, even though Bernie have got a fixture, he's still a blank player for me. So doing Taylor to Vardio gives me an extra player whilst also being able to keep Poro too. So that's my preference to sell Taylor instead. It's just about whether or not I've got the money. So my four-man midfield does include Phil Foden this week. I do have him in the first 11. And to be fair, he was always going to be with Everton at home. It's much easier to bench Gordon for Forrest away than it was for Luton at home in game week 23. But of course, Gordon is also injured, right? We don't know yet what the time frame is for him getting back. I saw a tweet this morning that said it's not too bad or maybe better than they first expected, but they, there is still no time frame. So would he be back for 24? I don't know. Either way, he's going to be on my bench. And I'll talk a bit more about replacements for him in a minute. Um, elsewhere, I've got Richarlison Brighton at home. No need to get rid of him anytime soon. Really good price. Really good underlying numbers. The fixtures are good. Although I've said for Porra, I'm not expecting clean sheets. I think Brighton at home and Wolves at home for an attacker is very good. And ideally, I would like to keep him through the blank in 26 having for 27 28 and of course that guaranteed fixture in 29 because as it stands i'm not planning to free hit in 29 but that could change right i'm very open to 
changing ship strategy depending on where certain fixtures fall. And if Bournemouth versus Luton goes into 28, that might be enough to change my current thoughts on chip strategy, which sounds crazy, right? A double for Bournemouth and Luton, but it might be that I want to go all in for that double. There may be free hit in 29 and then just wild card out of the mess and manage the rest of the season. So I am open to doing that. But right now, um, I don't see myself free hitting in 29. Foden, I've just spoke about Everton at home. I mean, the performance against Brentford has definitely done no harm in terms of his minutes going forward. I still don't think he's completely nailed on right. I don't think I'll ever think about that or, th or think that of many Man City players. But obviously, his minutes have been great this season. He's continues to perform well and play in a load of different positions. And he's got a double next week. So, of course, he's going absolutely nowhere. And I still stand by the fact that if it takes a lot of transfers and maybe even hits to get De Bruyne, it's just not worth it. I would just probably get Foden instead. And as it stands right now, I've said as it stands quite a lot already, haven't I? You get When you make videos, you notice sometimes the things you say and then you can't stop saying them. It's really annoying. But either way, right? As it stands, I'm going to say it again, I've got no plans to get De Bruyne in as my third Man City player. Now, I can do it. It just takes too many transfers, in my opinion, to be viable. Like, there was a comment left on a video yesterday that De Bruyne is almost essential, like, more essential than Haaland. I just think that is complete nonsense, to be honest, right? Everyone's going to captain Haaland next week. He's a much better captain than De Bruyne. And it's not... And I think one thing I'll say about FPL is people struggle to see things from a different point of view like if they've got De Bruyne they cannot understand why someone else wouldn't bring him in and it's not me sitting here saying he's a bad FPL option far from it it just doesn't make sense for my team so out of my midfielders right I think it's more than reasonable to want to keep Palmer Richardson maybe Saka as well especially if they play in 29 and obviously there's no point in getting rid of Foden because he's got a double next week so it'd have to be Gordon um to De Bruyne right so to do that I would need to make up 3 million. Now, there's a couple of ways of doing it, but none of them are really that great. And the main one would be to either sell Saka down to a 5.7 million midfielder. So I could get someone like Garnacho. I could get a Wolves midfielder like Neto. Obviously, uh, South Korea are out of the Asian Cup now as well. So Huang will be an option too soon. I just don't... I, I like Saka, right? And I know if he'd blanked the last four game weeks, people would call me crazy. But obviously, he's been getting the returns now. And I, I just don't think there's any reason to get rid of him. The numbers, the underlying numbers for him are still good. Or you sell Trent, but what's the point in selling the double game week defender ahead of great fixtures coming up? So for me, it just does not make sense to get De Bruyne. Um, and that is why I'm not really considering it. The other thing would be to sell like Richarlison and Watkins. Again, that just doesn't really make sense, does it? So for me, De Bruyne is a great option, but I'm hoping that Foden will continue to match him for less money and obviously he's done that so far since i brought Foden in it just would have been nice to play him and it's actually an interesting one because if i'd had De Bruyne over Foden, would i have benched De Bruyne for gordon or saka probably not so although i think Foden can match De Bruyne, there's still that psychological thing about the price which allowed me to bench him last week but anyway we won't go into that anymore uh we won't talk about that anymore um palmer palace away on penalty just can't bench uh bench him or sell him anytime soon and obviously if Chelsea lose to Villa tonight, he'll also play in 29. And Saka, you know my thoughts around him. Now, the only other midfielders I'm really considering bringing in outside of De Bruyne, who I can't afford. Um, look, if I, if I haven't got any money, then I could do Gordon straight to Rodri just to get an extra double game week player in. But I don't see me doing that. It just doesn't sound that exciting. Not completely ruled out, but 
Probably not. So it has to be a Liverpool defender. Now, I don't have enough money to go straight from Gordon to Jota, but he is the player that I would want from Liverpool, of course. But I have started thinking about Luis Diaz. Could he be an option instead? Because I can get him without having to sell Watkins or Solanke, and I'll talk about them a little bit later, but it lets me just go straight to him without having to worry about getting the money for Jota. Now, I don't for one minute think that Diaz is better than Jota in isolation, but if, it, if I can get to him easier, that might be worth it for my squad rather than having to downgrade someone else. And I would have 0.4 million in the bank, so I could still go... Well, it doesn't really matter because Walker's cheaper, but I could still do Walker down to... Sorry, Poro down to Walker as well if I wanted to. Um, and that could be an option as well. And just ignore someone like Darwin Nunez. It doesn't feel great because I think if I was ranking the Liverpool attackers for the double... Jota and Darwin will be the top two. So going for Diaz doesn't feel great. But these are players that I'm almost certainly going to sell in game week 26 anyway. So it's just about what points they can get over a two game week period. And could Diaz outscore the other two over two game weeks? It's possible, right? It's not the most likely thing I would say. But if it happens, it looks really good. So I think Jota's the one I want. And he's probably the one that I'm still likely to get. But it has crossed my mind, if I didn't want to sell Solanke or Watkins, then I could just go straight to Luis Diaz. But if you're looking at your team thinking, which one should I bring in? It's definitely Jota. So just to sum it up, not selling any of my midfielders apart from Gordon. That may not happen this week. Depends on who I want to downgrade elsewhere. And obviously, if I do sell Gordon for a Liverpool attacker this week, I've then got to bench someone in my midfield, which I don't really want to do. So I might put it off till next week. Jota's the one I want, but I wouldn't completely rule out Luis Diaz. And then up front, I've got Haaland against Everton at home, Watkins against Man United at home, and Solanke against Fulham away. So a pretty solid front three and a very popular one right now. Obviously, there are other forwards out there that people own, like Darwin, Cunha, Tony, just to name a few. But these three all look pretty good. And there's no major reason to sell any of them right now, apart from the fact there's a double game week in game week 25, and I really want Darwin Nunez. So I'll talk about that in a second. With Haaland, 85 minutes against Brentford in game week 23 makes me pretty confident about his minutes going forward. He's almost certainly going to start against Everton and therefore he's going to be my captain. And obviously without Salah as a contender, when Haaland's fit, he is captain most weeks. So captain this week, he'll probably be my triple captain in 25 and in 26 when obviously Liverpool blank, even if Salah's available, is Bournemouth away. So that's captaincy sorted for the next three game weeks, unfortunately. I know a lot of people have liked the last few weeks where we've been switching it up a little bit. Um, so he stays, of course, right? And he's my captain. The question that's been on my mind all week and will be right up until the deadline is, one, what basically, what is the best way to get Darwin in? And can I sell Ollie Watkins this week? Which sounds crazy after he's just got an 18-pointer against Sheffield United. But the reason is he's more expensive than Solanke and that just unlocks the funds and lets me get to triple Liverpool in fewer moves. So I'm going to have to just show you different uh, transfer routes for my team. So I've got 1.7 in the bank. I can afford to go straight from Solanke to Darwin without having to sell Watkins. And I think between the two, if you could keep Watkins and sell Solanke, that probably is the better option. But it all depends on what your team value is and how you're kind of set up. For me, it would leave 1.2 million in the bank. So it would not allow me to go from Gordon to either Diaz or Jota, because I think Diaz is 7.4 million. Let me just check here. Yeah, 7.4. So I could make a Pedro Porro downgrade, um, even to someone like Kyle Walker, 
And that would allow me enough money to go straight from Gordon to Diaz. So I could just ignore Jota. The problem is that costs four points. That is not worth it this week. I want to structure these transfers over the next couple of weeks. So this week in 25. And at that point, having zero in the bank is just too risky, right? Some player, a player will change in price, right? Especially ahead of 25. People will suddenly see there's a double game week and they'll start bringing Liverpool players in, especially if they smash it against Burnley. People will start making those transfers early. So I don't want to leave myself in that situation. I could do it with Vardiol instead, but I don't know if I want to commit to that right now. That would leave me enough money to go to Diaz, whatever happens. And it would right now leave me enough money to go to Jota as well. But again, it leaves me with nothing in the bank. So Solanke to Darwin, Gordon to Jota, and Poro to Vardio leaves nothing in the bank. That move will not be on in game week 25. Whereas if I sell Watkins, things get really easy, apart from the fact I don't own Oli Watkins, because doing him to Darwin Nunez leaves me 2.9 million in the bank. That lets me go from Gordon straight up to Jota, and I've still got 0.9 million to spend, which right now at least will allow me to do Charlie Taylor to Vardio. Now again, that move will probably not be on in 25, but I could just switch to doing Poro to Walker instead if I wanted to. And that would give me the triple up on Liverpool of Trent, Jota and Darwin. And it would give me Haaland and Foden plus one more Man City player to bring in in 25 if I wanted to do that. Or I could just roll the transfer, just have two City players and have two transfers in 26 to deal with all the players that are blanking. I think as it stands, said it again, if Salah's not fully fit by 25, for me, the ideal triple up is Darwin, Jota, plus a defender, right? You could go Darwin, Jota, and Diaz if it fits in. But for my team, it's Darwin, Jota, and a defender. I've got Trent. It could be Van Dyke if you want to play it safe. That's absolutely fine. And that is why I really want to get both of them. And selling Watkins is just the easiest way to do it. Now, it would only be for two game weeks. Because in game week 26, I'll probably sell Trent, which would unlock a lot of funds to get Watkins back in. Um, and I wouldn't lose that much money anyway. If I go to the transfer list um, part of FPL, I bought Watkins for 8.5 and he's gone up to 8.8. So if I sell him now for 8.6, it's going to cost me 0.2 to get him back in, which is not great, right? Because my team value is not brilliant. But I think for that potential upside of Darwin over the next two weeks, that's something that I'm definitely considering. And I would essentially be missing Watkins for Man United at home and Fulham away. I am a bit worried about what he could do in those fixtures, but I think for a double game week, I may be willing to risk it. I think the annoying thing for me is, and why I really want to make the Solanke out move work instead, is he's got Fulham away and Newcastle away, which is not as good as what Villa have got. And then in 26, it's Man City at home. And there's not going to be a huge amount of returns in that game either. So it would be better for me to sell him and just get him back in later. But I think it makes more sense my team to sell Watkins instead but as you can tell I'm not completely happy about it so I know it's quite a long video but unfortunately I don't know exactly what my move will be but I'm very tempted to do the Watkins to Darwin move the bigger question if I do that by the way is do I also do the Jota move this week for Gordon because if I do I've then got to bench one of those eight attackers out of Saka, Foden, Palmer, Jota, Richarlison, Darwin, Solanke and Haaland and at that point, it's probably one of Palmer or Foden. I'd probably go Palmer because he's got the away game. 
but he is on penalty so i wouldn't like doing that so i don't necessarily need to make all those moves this week so for the second day in a row i actually had to cut the recording there i was probably about to say something really profound but then i pulled the cable out of my mic and went muted so yeah that's the thoughts on the transfers for my team i think ultimately i'd really like to get to triple city and triple liverpool if i can for 25 um, and in 26, I just take hits to kind of sort out all the blanks. I mean, one player that I've not talked about is Ivan Tony, And it has crossed my mind to get him instead of Darwin because he has a double in 25, but he doesn't blank in 26. So that'd be one less transfer to make. And he definitely plays in 29 as well. But I just think with the fixtures that Brentford have versus Liverpool, I just want to take the, the punt on the Liverpool player instead. It might not work out, but that's just more what I would like to do for my team so i'll leave it there if you've enjoyed that make sure to give it a like and hit that subscribe button leave a comment on youtube and let me know which one of these transfer routes i should go are darwin and jota absolutely essential for the double probably not essential but i really would love them and obviously if you uh, listen on podcast rate five stars as well i'll be back tomorrow with a double game week and blank video we'll have final thoughts on friday ahead of the deadline stream on saturday i'll catch you for all of that then sports social podcast network